It is Thursday, December 10th. This is Jaguars Happy Hour. And now, the guy with the most subscriptions to Folio Magazine, J.P. Shadrick. No, no, no. But vote early and often for Jaguars Happy Hour as best radio show. You can vote until tomorrow. Welcome in to Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick. Jeff Lagerman with us, Tony Baselli coming up in a bit. Here's what's on the show today. A Titans-Jaguars preview, part two. These teams met back in week two. They'll meet in week 14 coming up Sunday. Mike Glennon gets the start at quarterback for a third straight week. A defensive challenge this week against this Titans offense. Derrick Henry leads the way. Tannehill, the quarterback, Playing well with the weapons outside. Tony Baselli at 4.30 today joining us. And the Doug Marone Show at 5 o'clock on the Jaguars radio network. Jeff Logman with us now. Logs, it's part two. Part one featured a big rally for the Jags. The tie of the game 30-30 back in week two, but a late field goal for the Titans won that one. And since then, these franchises have gone in opposite directions. The Jaguars lost not only that one but the next 10 straight the law the losing streak continues the titans are eight and four they're in first place in the division with uh hopes and dreams of a playoff run here in december it's two different organizations right now well certainly and i think i think mike Vrabel and john robinson have done a really good job in tennessee with that football team because uh, they have a, a, a great back, and they're really leaning on the great back for them to be competitive. You know, their defense is not great, and I think the Jaguars ought to be able to score some points on them. I mean, look at what the Cleveland Browns were able to do last week. So I think it's going to be a good matchup. A lot of people around the nation and, and fans of football are predicting that the Tennessee Titans are going to walk all over the Jaguars, and I just don't see it. I think this is going to be a very competitive game, and I think it will come down to the wire. I like it. I like that. We're do, we've had a few of those feelings lately, but just unable to finish them. Let's start, though, with the Derrick Henry conversation, because that's where it really begins for the Tennessee Titans. He's the leading rusher in the NFL this year. The most carries, the most yardage, the second most rushing touchdowns. And back in week two, the Jags did a pretty good job of bottling him up, only 3.4 yards per carry. That was in the early part of the season, of course, when the Jaguars were really focused on stopping the run after everything that had happened in the season before against the run for this defense. Well, we all know the history Derrick Henry has against the Jaguars organization with stiff arms and long runs. And Todd Wash today, Jaguars defensive coordinator, said that is in the practice plan this week. He's got a hell of a stiff arm, and we we work drills specifically. Obviously, um, this week when we go against Derek, every every time we play him, so his stiff arm is something that we work on um, each week when we play him. All right, uh, eyes to thighs. He said a little bit later in the press conference today. That's really the plan. You don't want to go high on this guy because uh, he's going to swat you away. Well, I mean, I don't. I wouldn't say that. I think you just you have to have a tackling plan, and it depends on who you are, JP. If uh, if you're a cornerback, <laughs> then obviously you don't want to take him up high because he's a 250 pound back, and it's just very rare to see a, a running back in the National Football League of that size. And Todd's talking about how they have drills that are specific to the stiff arm, 
and and you got to have them because he does. He's got a great stiff arm, and it, and the and the drills for the stiff arm are are kind of two different ways in which you work on it, and that you literally lift the arm up as he's coming out with it, or you chop your arm down on it in a chopping motion to knock it off. And and that's not easy to do because he's really good. He's really long, and a lot of times when you're trying to do that, you're not even reaching him yet. And that's why his stiff arm is so good because of his length. But uh, he's a great back, and you know if I think the the circumstances also dictate where you're going to tackle him. If you're a defensive tackle, or if I'm a defensive end, I'm tackling Derrick Henry. If I'm coming from the front, I'm probably going to go low. But if I'm coming from the side, I'm, I'm staying high because I'm big enough to be able to bring him down, and I'm also going for that ball. And he is uh, great with ball security, but he's not immune. He had his first fumble loss this past week against the Cleveland Browns, and hopefully the Jaguars can find a way to get him to cough another one up. But uh, the guy's a fantastic back, JP, and and you better be ready. I mean, nine games against the Jaguars that he's played, and the I would say the first five, four or five of those games that he's played, he was kind of in a, in a split-time role at running back. Yes. So you're talking about nine games with like 798 yards rushing. That's a pretty good number for Derrick Henry. No doubt. And as you know, you got to get your shots in on him early in the play. Obviously, if he gets rolling and gets outside of contain and out against those little guys and gets that head of steam going, that's when he's the freight train outside and really hard to handle. So you got to keep him contained. So the edge, uh, to your point, the defensive line, they've got to hold that edge this week and keep him on the interior. Is that a pretty accurate assessment? Well, the Titans do a great job in that, you know, first of all, every back, once they get rolling, is really that much tougher. And then I think it's, it's, it's probably more so the case for Derrick Henry because you're talking about 250 pounds, it gets rolling, and all of a sudden, when you're a 180, 190-pound defensive back and you're starting to think about, <laughs> oh, my goodness, how am I going to tackle this guy that's coming at me? There's a little bit of a factor there to where you, you sit there and go, um, do I want to take the punishment? So. Defensive backs don't do very well. And the Tennessee Titans like to get him outside. He's a he's great back at bouncing to the outside. They attack the outside. The Tennessee Titans have excellent blocking tight ends that allow them to do that, to get outside. But you're right, when, when he gets rolling like he did against the Jaguars a few years ago with this 99-yard run that we're looking at, I mean, it was, I mean, I hate to say this because it was against the Jaguars, but I mean, it was one of the greatest runs in NFL history. And yes. because of the individual effort of, of Derrick Henry, J.P., and I don't want to say it was a thing of beauty, but, I mean, it's right up there with the Marshawn Lynch run that was just amazing. No doubt. He's, uh, he's got a few of them on his resume, the, the big, long touchdown runs, and let's hope that the Jaguars can contain him a bit. Now, of course, when the Titans get rolling, they have the run game going. But then they play off the run game as well through the air, and Ryan Tannehill has put together – a really solid season at quarterback for the Tennessee Titans. Uh, last week, three touchdowns when they tried to rally back. A couple of those were late in the game, but 26 touchdowns for the season, five interceptions. He's been over 100 rating in eight games this year, Logs. So they have the weapons outside. When Jonu Smith, the tight end, is healthy, he's among the best in the league, and they can do some damage when they are balanced out on offense. Yeah, because they have they have playmakers at all the positions. And first and foremost, give Ryan Tannehill credit. I mean, here was a guy that was considered 
a throwaway quarterback by the Miami Dolphins, and then he kind of gets reborn in Tennessee. And it helps to be reborn when you've got a running back like Derrick Henry. So I mean, that doesn't hurt. But the fact of the matter is, is that Ryan Tannehill on his own accord is still a very good passer. I mean, he's the a, he's a sixth-rated passer in the National Football League this year. When you look at his numbers against the Jaguars historically, he completes almost 70% of his passes. Uh, he's an outstanding quarterback that does a great job at distributing the ball. And he has a little bit of an X factor, too, that he has mobility. And that's something that a lot of quarterbacks don't have, but he has. And everybody talks about him being a former wide receiver, and that's great and fine and dandy. And it does show that he's got some mobility, but he also has the, it's not like he is willy-nilly when he decides to run. I mean, he, it's, a, it's a planned thing where he sees coverage that gives him an opportunity to find something down the field. So he's a smart quarterback, you know, and he gives his team the ability to come back in some ball games. They, they scored a lot of points and nearly came back and made the game somewhat competitive against the Cleveland Browns. I watched it, uh, the game last night, and they got it close. It wasn't like it was in the – all of a sudden they were going to score and win, but, uh, but it, right. it, it, he closed the gap. So he's capable, and the weapons that he has are, are really good. You're, you're talking about uh, uh, Corey Davis, who's coming off a career-best game this past week. Now, A.J. Brown, who we think is a marvelous player, and he's big and he's fast and he can run the go route, he had two fumbles this past game, and he's had some drops, and that's been a big issue with him. And he's a he's a great vertical threat. I mean, a great vertical threat. And we talk about a big dude. I mean, I know that uh, the guy in Seattle, his teammate from college, is a lot bigger and more freakishly big. But A.J. Brown is big in his own right now. Uh, he's a big cat. Now, the Titans lost Adam Humphreys, who was kind of their third guy, kind of a possession type of receiver. So that's going to hurt a little bit, but they've got some other guys that are going to be able to step up. But the two big, big dogs are A.J. Brown, Jonu Smith, or A.J. Brown and Corey Davis. And then when you add a Jonu Smith in there, if he's healthy, that's a dangerous combination. When you have all that behind or win the passing game with Derrick Henry in the running game. We're uh, anxiously awaiting the injury report today. Jonu Smith was limited yesterday with a knee issue and, Todd Wash said today he was really looking at that just to see, but that uh, has not come out officially yet. We'll uh, keep you posted if it pops up here in the next hour or so on Jaguars Happy Hour. Hey, how about the Jags' defense logs last week? It felt like they played a really solid game. I know the big three in Minnesota got their numbers at the end of the day. Dalvin Cook took 32 carries to get to his total last week. Uh, and you had some some solid play on the defensive line from guys that in reality are probably rotational-type players, but uh, Dwan Smoot had his best game in a long time, a couple of sacks. And, uh, you know, considering the personnel that's on the field on defense right now, I thought they played a pretty good game last week. Now the challenge, of course, this week against Tennessee. Sure, it's, it's a bigger challenge. And Minnesota doesn't have a strong offensive line, so you expected the Jaguars' defensive line to play a little bit better, and they did. But I, I think they found some stability. And when I say stability, I'm talking stability for the Jaguars and that uh, Daniel Equale and Costin in the middle at the defensive tackle spots. And then as the defensive ends, Adam Gott that's playing the strong side and then Smoot playing kind of the open side or what we call the eagle end. And I, and I think it's a good combination. I think it gives you your best chance to win. And are these rotational-type guys as far as on any other roster, are they backups? I mean, you could make the argument that you know, most teams would probably replace two of those guys. 
And I'm not saying that any particular two that it is. I'm just saying take your pick out of the two because you'd like to upgrade somewhere and have a, a dominant player. But I think they're solid. They do their job. They don't get out of their gap. And, and that gives you a chance. And I think it reflects also in the linebacker play. If you look at the performance of Joe Schobert and Miles Jack last week, which is pretty doggone good, and especially yeah. Joe Schobert, it was due in large part to the performance of the defensive line. They had a really good outing, I thought. Can they build on that this week against the Tennessee Titans offensive line? Uh, we'll see. But the Tennessee Titans, is, this is not the same offensive line that we've been talking about for the last couple of years going, oh, my goodness, they're so good. And Taylor Lewan's the best at left tackle. Well, Taylor Lewan is out with a significant knee injury. And Quisenberry is playing left tackle, kind of a journeyman player that overcame cancer. And they've got some other players in there that are that are good, but uh, they're not uh, the, the kind of offensive line that strikes fear in anybody's eyes. A lot of changes up front there in Tennessee for sure, and uh, we'll see if the Jaguars' defense can take advantage this week and get something done up front against this Titans offense. We've got plenty more ahead on Jaguars Happy Hour, including Mike Glennon getting a third start. And what's up with Gardner Minshew? We'll hear about that coming up. 4.30, Tony Vaselli joining us on the program. We'll go around the National Football League a little later as well. The Doug Marone Show at 5 o'clock. We're off and running. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on a Thursday afternoon on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity why do you choose farah and farah first we have the financial resources to take on any insurance company and our track record proves that we know how to win our attorneys and staff are a team and we've worked together for decades to us our job is much more than just a paycheck we love to help and this is important we never forget it's not about us it's all about you. Farah and Farah, Jacksonville. Hey, Jags fans, did you know you can ride your bike to every Jaguars home game at TIAA Bank Field and Valet Park it for free? That's right. Stop by our bicycle check-in tent, sponsored by Alert Today Florida, near Gate 1 at TIAA Bank Field. An on-duty Zencog bike professional will park your bike and ensure it's secured during the game. When the game's over, return your claim ticket and pick up your bike. For cycling safety tips, visit alerttodayflorida.com. Remember, Alert Today, alive tomorrow, because safety doesn't happen by accident. At ViStar, we believe in better. And that means treating people better with friendly, personal service that's kept our members happy since 1952. 
a smile and personal greeting when you enter the branch, an online or phone chat for those quick questions, and a call center that's open every day. If you believe that great service is better, join ViStar. We never forget that it's your money. All loans subject to approval, insured by NCUA. The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup, so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford Expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a built Ford Tough F-150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford, built for the holidays. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by TIAA Bank. Created to serve, built to perform. Publix, where shopping is a pleasure. And Baptist Health, changing health care for good. That's hard. You know, I had three in five games last year at Washington. I had three or four the year before that in Washington. So I've had about ten quarterbacks I've dealt with in a small amount of time. And, and the consistency of that position is... Uh, really important. It's, it's uh, critical uh, to have success. Uh, you have to have consistency of that position. Talking to one guy, speaking the same language, catering to their strengths. When you're changing week in and week out, uh, it's hard to get a gauge on what they like, what they're comfortable with. Um, so uh, that's the most difficult thing. So you know, I think we're we're dealing with three great kids, uh, guys that want to be great. They work extremely hard. Uh, but as a play caller, getting to know what they like and them getting to know me a little bit, that's the biggest challenge that we have. And and now this will be the third week with Mike. Uh, hopefully uh, I'm starting to get in his head a little bit. He understands uh, uh, where we're going and, and what I what I think he likes. So it'll ho- hopefully be beneficial. Offensive coordinator yesterday discussing the quarterback position. And welcome back to Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick with Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli coming up in about 12 minutes at 4.30. The Doug Marone Show at 5 o'clock. And, uh, yeah, he said it there. Consistency is key at the quarterback position. You can't just keep changing starting quarterbacks every week just because and expect – um, results, you know, having a consistent starter week to week helps with the communication, the play calling, and, and all of the above, as he said there. That's a lot of quarterbacks in the last three years for him, by the way, Logs. <laughs> yeah, a little bit of a quarterback, quarterback nightmare for Jay Gruden, uh, no doubt. And uh, I also enjoyed listening to his comments today when he talked about Alex Smith and and how he just thought he is an, such an amazing person and what a great comeback that he's had this year for the Washington football team because what Alex Smith went through was obviously when Jay Gruden was their head coach. So uh, I know that he's got a uh, – certainly he's a rooting interest with Alex Smith and the Washington football team there. I mean, even though he lost his job from, from the team, but uh, you can really tell that he's got an affinity for, for Alex and – and how, how and, he, and I think he said at what at one point today he said you know he goes I couldn't have come back from what Alex did, which says a lot. Right. And uh, but pretty cool. But yeah, I mean he's he's had a lot of quarterbacks, and that's just the way it is. And 
And could you change quarterbacks every week, JP? You actually could. I mean, I don't think it's going to give you much chance to win any football games, but you could change them every week just because you can do it. But this week, it's going to be Mike Lennon again. And uh, I find it interesting that uh, that Gardner Minshew comes out and talks about how he was begging to come, you know, to be back in the lineup and play and all that kind of stuff. But yet, <laughs> when you hear the coaches talk, uh, especially Jay Gruden, he pretty much said that Gardner Minshew, have, from, from talking to whoever, uh, he has not thrown the ball as much as he needs to, to show that he is ready to be back. So I'm not quite understanding how you can say that you're begging to be playing again, but at the same token, you're not taking the reps required to play. So I'm a little confused with that. But anyway, uh, I'm glad to see that Mike Lennon is going to get another opportunity. And, and for the same reason that when Jake Luton faced the Pittsburgh Steelers, I wanted to see him play the next week because I wanted to see how he would bounce back. I want to see how Mike Lennon bounces back against the Minnesota Vikings team that he didn't have a great performance. He had two interceptions, and he also had the fumble. And when you commit three turnovers yourself and then you put the Conley one in there, you don't have much of a chance of win because the reality is is that this football team has been in many games, and it's been in the games to where their turnover differential has been favorable. And when it's not been favorable, they haven't been in games. And well, in fact, uh, they were in the past game against the Minnesota Vikings, but the outcome certainly hasn't been favorable. You know, the, the amazing thing too, JP, the Jaguars, mm -hmm. every game this year, they've only had one where they've been plus two in turnover differential, and that was the very first one against Colt. How about that? Yeah, Phillip Rivers threw them a couple in that game uh, in week one. It seems like an eternity ago because... It was. You mentioned JP, Gardner Minshew. Just, I mean, is a, it just yes. me? Are, are, you, are you feeling this vibe from Gardner Minshew? I mean, it's, it's kind of weird, right? I mean, to where well, he's saying he's, you know, he's begging to play, but then he's not taking the reps. I mean, I, I, I don't get that. Well, let's hear from Doug Marone on it first. And uh, the head coach this week was asked about that and Gardner Minshew's comments that he was begging to get back in and all the above. And Doug Marone, uh, here's what he had to say. Let's just put it that way. I think you get a little bit worried if it's the other way, you know what I'm saying? Where someone doesn't want to get out there. Uh, he's not a competitor. He's uh, comfortable in his role of, of maybe not playing. So, um, you know, you can have all these emotions as a player and sometimes on the outside, you, you'll look at it and say, Oh man, he must be really upset that he's not doing this or that, or, you know, but you know, at the end of the day, that's not how they are around their teammates and how they practice, and they're still working to get better and, and do it. So, um, and there's some guys that you would know that, you know what I'm saying? I mean, you can get a sense of that, but we don't have that issue at all. So, you know, we're all trying to communicate. We're all trying to work through things, um, you know, during these tough times. So we're just going to keep working on these guys and keep, keep, keep getting them better. So that's Doug Marone's take on it, Logs. And, you know, there's only so many reps to go around on the practice field during the regular season and an actual practice action, right? I mean, you're on the scout team and the starters getting the reps. That's kind of how that works. So, you know, yeah, you, maybe you want to be out there, but you, this is, this is the NFL. This is real life. You don't always get what you want because the other guy's starting and that's how it's working right now. No, I, I hear you, but I mean, I just kind of, I kind of got the feeling from, listening to Jay Gruden's comments that um, 
that it was Gardner that Gardner didn't want to take the reps or didn't want to make as many throws. I mean, I, I mean, maybe I'm I'm misunderstanding that, but uh, I don't know. I just I just think that's kind of odd that a that a player is going to say, "Hey, I'm begging to play," but but yet the way that Jay's talking is that the reps that he was offered, he didn't want to take. Uh, at least that's the impression I'm getting, JP. And maybe I'm reading it wrong. I don't know. But uh, it's kind of odd to me. I, I just think, and this is, this is me thinking out loud, but uh, I think we're talking about a lot of nothing because Mike Glennon is the starting quarterback, and I think he's going to be the starter until uh, the wheels fall off of this thing. And that's my thought about it. So we're talking about the backup. Sure, yeah. All uh, right, I, now, regarding to- Totally. Totally get what you're saying, and, and the reality is, is that you know, he's going to be the starter as long as he plays okay. But in, in the bigger picture of things, and even, JP, you know, but he didn't play okay last. It doesn't week, matter right? who plays I mean, quarterback. Still JP, it doesn't matter. That's right. Yeah. Right. You know, right. The, That's the, the, where they are. The right future, now. the future at quarterback, is somewhere else, and and you can say it's in the draft. You can say that it's in free agency, wherever it may be. But the future of the quarterback room for the Jacksonville Jaguars is not anywhere even remotely close to where it is right now. It's going to be vastly different in the future. And this football team needs to find a quarterback talent that it can win with and, and, and be consistent with. And that's, you know, you look back at the history of the Jaguars organization and to look at the number of swings that you've taken at the quarterback position, there's not a lot. I mean, you've taken some swings in the sixth round and fourth round and and such, but this team, besides Mark Brunell, has not had a franchise-type guy. And you've drafted three in the first round, and you didn't hit on any of the three, which is surprising because given 26 years, if you've tried it three times, and you're not doing, you're not hitting it. You would think that there would be a lot more than three, because if you're right. going to have a chance to win, and we've kind of talked about this, gosh, so many different times, it kind of gets to be repetitive and mind-numbing. But the reality is, you have to keep trying, and it's not to where you can't win without a quarterback, but it gives you the best chance to win year in and year out consistently if you can find the guy. And this franchise has passed up the opportunity recently under general manager Dave Caldwell when you could have acknowledged that Blake Bortles was not the guy and could have taken a swing at one of these other guys that we're seeing on a regular basis now, either Deshaun Watson or Patrick Mahomes or, I mean, whoever. I mean, you just it was just short-sighted, I thought, in the recent history of this franchise to, to not admit that we don't, you don't have the guy and then to continue to try to find the guy. Well, we're, uh, if you, you think we're talking a lot about it now, just wait until February and March and April leading into the draft because that's all the conversation will be for the Jacksonville Jaguars. No matter who the quarterback is next year, there's a pretty good feeling that the running back behind him will be James Robinson. He's been, had a fantastic season, of course, and it just continues to build and build, and hopefully he gets some of that Pro Bowl momentum. It'll be tough, an undrafted rookie on a 1-11 football team, but his 4.6 yard per carry average is uh, considering that uh, he doesn't have long breakaway runs. He doesn't lose yardage much either. So he is as consistent as can be, and he is 
uh, he is the future of the running back position here. Well, he's part of it. I, you know, when I say he's part of it, I, look, James Robinson is amazing. I mean, 32 yards away from, from hitting 1,000 yards, and he's on pace to do or to have the best season by an undrafted rookie surpassing Philip Lindsay and, and others. I mean, that's an amazing job. And with 255 yards, he's going to tie Fred Taylor for the Jaguars rookie rushing record. I mean, those are all incredible things, and I think he's going to surpass Fred Taylor's record. And in the future, JP, though, this year he has carried the load by himself, and you really yes. haven't had any depth. And that's kind of been an issue recently with the Jaguars running back position, period. I mean, when Leonard Fournette was the guy, he didn't have any depth behind Leonard Fournette. It was almost as if the position kind of got ignored or neglected. And James Robinson is the guy this year, but what do you have behind somebody that can share the load? Uh, I do know this. When James Robinson leaves the field or he leaves the Jaguars' offensive huddle, there is a significant, significant drop in the performance of other running backs when James is not in there. And that's not what you want. I mean, look, you can't have what the Cleveland Browns have. Not every team can have that. And I'm not saying that you have to have that. But you need to have somebody that you feel good about coming in and not somebody that every time that somebody is in, you're sitting there going, put James Robinson back in because he's so much better. I mean, you got to have a guy that you can, you feel good about spelling your main guy or spelling James Robinson in this case. So right, JP, just uh, real Lawrence, quick, in the, in the future, you yes. got to find, you got to find depth and you got to have more than one guy. And if you don't have more than one guy at the running back position, when, you're, when you don't have that guy, then you're going to get exposed. And right now the Jaguars have one guy from what we've seen. And I think that if they had some other people that were, that were really good, then I think that they would certainly be getting more reps. And what we have seen from them would be better. All right, let's come back. Tony Bastelli is standing by. He'll join us. We need to talk about the receivers as well. Colin Johnson surging. And how do we get DJ Chark back on track? Game day is just around the corner. And remember, protecting the team starts with you. Stay home if you don't feel well. Practice social distancing. And remember that masks are required at TIAA Bank Field this season. Visit jaguars.com stadium and learn more. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Jaguars fans, did you know that with Drizzly, you can get Tito's Handmade Vodka delivered to your door in under 60 minutes? Well, you can. And now they're giving all fans $10 off their first order. Use the code JAGS10 at checkout. Just download the Drizzly app or go to drizzly.com and make sure you're all set to mix it up with Tito's Handmade Vodka for the perfect game day. That's D-R-I-Z-L-Y.com. And remember to use the special code JAGS10 to save $10 on your first order. 80-proof Tito's Handmade Vodka. Distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. Crafted to be savored responsibly. Headquartered right here in Jacksonville, the CSI Companies is one of the fastest-growing staffing firms in the nation. As a proud partner of your Jacksonville Jaguars, CSI knows how important it is to find the right people for your team. See why some of Jacksonville's top companies choose CSI for their staffing needs. Visit thecsicompanies.com or call 800-582-0828 today. That's 800-582-0828 for the CSI Companies. 
DreamFinders Homes has a simple commitment to their home buyers. Deliver unsurpassed quality, uncompromising value, and an extraordinary level of customization you simply won't find with other home builders. With over 40 communities to choose from, you'll find a location you love and the home of your dreams. DreamFinders has townhomes, single-family homes, and custom estate homes starting from the high 100s and a wide selection of move-in ready homes. Quality, value, customization, that's the DreamFinders difference. Call 904-738-0165 or online at DreamFindersHomes.com. DreamFinders Homes, the official home builder of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Prices subject to change without notice equal housing opportunity at ViStar, we believe in better especially in helping build a better financial future for our members so we've reviewed our offerings from the ground up we've lowered or eliminated over half our fees and enhanced our already competitive rates saving members more than a million dollars this year in addition to the millions we save them every year if you believe that saving money is better join vistar we never forget that it's your money all loans subject to approval insured by ncua at tropical smoothie cafe one taste and you're feeling good now smiling wider now seeing brighter now bucket dunkin now namaste in now popping a wheelie now living lighter now you're on Tropic Time now. And on Mondays, try our Jaguars Duval Delight Smoothies for $2.99. And you're roaring louder now, end zone dancing now, sipping spirit now. You're on Tropic Time now at Tropical Smoothie Cafe. Committed to the team. Committed to the mission. At Navy Mutual, we're committed to providing high-quality life insurance to members of the military and their families. So our policies have no fine print and no military service restrictions. We don't work on commission. We're nonprofit, so we pass the savings along to our members. Because at Navy Mutual, our highest commitment is to you. Visit NavyMutual.org. Navy Mutual, ensuring those who serve. Jaguars Happy Hour is presented in part by DreamFinders Homes, homes that fit your lifestyle. Next Grill, everyone's invited. And Adeco. Visit adecousa.com. I know as a as a line coach and evaluating linemen, it's to me it's a little bit easier to project you know, how someone's going to be as a, 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 you know, in the run game, you know, from what I'm seeing on tape and what I'm seeing on film, you know, than in pass pro, because sometimes some guys are just athletically gifted better than, than everyone else. Um, and then some guys, you know, where they get away with things technically. And in the NFL, you're going to face someone that's better than you at some time and technically you're going to be in trouble. So, uh, but I have seen improvement from him, John. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I think he did a much better job in protection last week. And I think, you know, so he's trending in the right direction. So, you know, I'm happy with him. Head coach Doug Marone discussing Ben Bartsch, the rookie guard out of St. John's in Minnesota. And welcome back. Jaguars happy hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, and pride of the Jaguars left tackle, Tony Baselli joins us on the program now. Good afternoon, Tony. What's up? What's up, fellas? Did I just hear Doug call Ben Bart's John? Did he say John? No, no, no. That was 
That was John Shipley who asked the question. Uh, oh, okay. On the right. I was like, I'm like, wow. Yeah, but but you could actually call you could actually call Ben Barch Johnny if you wanted to because that's the nickname of the mascot yep. at the small oh. school that he played at, Bo. That's right. I know. I knew that. That's why I thought maybe it was his nickname or something like that. That's why I was confused. Yeah, it was interesting. I mean, uh, his thoughts on Ben Barch. I mean. Uh, and I know Logs and not you. You know I've talked about it. I mean, he has real. I don't want. I guess issues, struggles in, in the pass game right now. I mean, as far as pass blocking, um, definitely more comfortable run blocking. He's a physical guy. Um, he, he try. He gets after you. I like his tenacity. I like his you know desire. But it, it, boy, he's a liability one on one right now. You know, when he's in the game, I'm watching him. I'm like, man, I'm hoping they're sliding left because. Um, a, a decent pass rusher gives him problems right now. Yeah, Tony, I, I think you're dead on. And uh, I, I think you could probably say that he got better this past game because it was the Minnesota Vikings and they don't have any great pass rushers, number one. But also, number two, for the most part of the game, once he had to play a lot, that's when Leonard went out and Shatley moved the center. Then all of a sudden, Ben Barch didn't have a lot of one-on-ones to where he had to block a guy in a in a pass rush situation and he was on an island with no help he was only blocking partial guys and so uh, when he struggled is when he's had to block a guy one-on-one and and i for me the the praise should all be about tyler shatley this week and tony i know you watched the film here's a guy that first of all was having one of his best games at a guard and again against the vikings but then when Leonard goes out and he switches over to center, he still performs at an incredibly high level. Tyler Shatley is a good football player. Somebody's going to recognize it. Somebody's going to sign him to be their starting center next year because if I'm correct, he is on a one-year deal. I thought he did outstanding, and the Jaguars are very fortunate to have him because Brandon Linder has shown in the past that uh, he has had some issues staying completely healthy. Jeff, is it just me, or is this, like, by far Shatley's best year? Like, by far, because, I like, he's, like, you always felt good with him at center. Uh, like, not, not great, but good. But when he w- had to play guard in the past, you were, like, his length sometimes got him in trouble, you know, um, especially in the, in the pass game. Like, he's playing really high-level football right now. Like, I've been wildly impressed. Like, to the point someone was asking me, about Shatley and with Linder getting hurt and everything else. And I said, I'll be honest with you, watching the film, it's not like there's much of a drop-off when Shatley plays. Um, he, I've been really impressed with him, Jeff, and I agree with you. Somebody's going somebody's gonna to ask him to come be a starting center because he's had a good year and good for him because he's one of the best guys on the team too. If you've ever been around him, I know you have, Jeff. Um, but anyone who's ever been around Tyler Shatley, he's just a, a good dude. So there you have it. Hey, by the way, the injury report has just come out. We promised that uh, when it uh, came out, we would pass along some of the info. Janu Smith, the tight end for the Titans with a knee issue, limited yesterday, but full practice today. So that is trending in the right direction for him. And, of course, Janu Smith had two touchdowns against the Jaguars back in week two. A uh, couple of notes. Uh, also, A.J. Brown has not practiced this week for the Titans with an ankle issue, and that's Wednesday and Thursday. Uh, for the Jaguars, a bunch of guys limited. Brandon Linder 
uh, has not practiced this week with an ankle. He missed. Uh, he came out of last week's game. So those are the latest on the injury report. Uh, let's touch on receivers here for the Jags. We promised that earlier as well. You know, uh, Colin Johnson's surging in a positive way. The last couple weeks, his, his play has really improved. DJ Chark had what, seven targets last week, only a couple of catches. Uh, two guys that are not going in the opposite directions. I don't want to say it that bluntly. But how do you get Chark back on track, and how do you keep riding the wave for Colin Johnson? Uh, that's a, a great question, well, just, JP. And, and uh, you know, everybody keeps saying that DJ's a number one receiver and we got to get him the ball and we got to get him more targets. Well, I mean, you're, you're, you're getting him a lot of targets. I think the opportunities in the play, the quarterback's got to be better. And so until that kind of gets a lot better, then that's going to be what it is. But I think sometimes that that conversation needs to just be, hey, look, we just need to find the open guys and, and DJ's a great a big part of our offense, and we feel like he's one of our best guys. But, but you know, when you continually say that we got to get him the ball, we got to get him the ball, I, I think that sometimes can put undue pressure sometimes on a quarterback or an offense to where sometimes it's you got to find the open guy. If, it, if that's Colin Johnson, it's Colin Johnson. If it's Keelan Cole, it's Keelan Cole. If it's, you know, whoever, it's whoever. And so uh, I like DJ Chark, obviously, and I think he's a really good football player. And I also really like Colin Johnson. I think he's going to be a, a marvelous player in the future just with his size, and he gets great separation. And I think that's one of his talents that he does get great separation. But, JP, I don't, I, don't think, I don't see that there's a fix for fixing seven targets and two catches for DJ Chark like what he had this past week. Well, I'll, I'll go a little bit further on that, Logs, because like, I'm with you. I think. DJ Chark's a fabulous player. I mean, a guy, by the way, who you probably want to try to sign before he gets to his free agent year next year. I mean, that's a he's a building block. But I, when I think about forcing the ball to anyone, which I think is problematic in any offense, I don't care, especially when you're talking about playing your third quarterback of the year, um, that becomes real issues that, that develop. And if you're gonna like for like you think I think about that as like one A's like. There's, and there's a handful of those guys in the entire league that, like, this guy can go win all the time. He's a, like, just, he's one of the best players in the NFL. Think back, um, like, Antonio Brown when he was with the Steelers. And they used to force the ball to him because he was dynamic. And as he got going, he was just a nightmare. Um, I view DJ Chark, he's, de he's definitely the number one receiver on this team. Uh, but it's not like he's, like, the superstar. And I think what you have to do, and I think where DJ's at his best when it's in the normal flow of the offense, because he can win one-on-one -on -one, and he can create serious matchups and he is good deep and he's across the middle. I mean, he's a really good receiver, but I think you do the offense a disservice when you're saying, well, we got to get him involved and we got to get him the ball. Um, and again, especially when you're talking about down the line quarterbacks, your third quarterback, because you just, you start putting undue pressure you start trying to force things. And I think you get out of a, a rhythm. I think the best offenses and where you really see good flow uh, and offenses in a rhythm is when guys are just within the confines of the play winning and the quarterback's making the right read. And I promise you they're calling plays where DJ Chark is the first read. And so just get into the confines of the offense, run the play, go win, and then, you know, take advantage of the opportunities, which I know DJ will. So um, I'm with logs. I think, I don't think there's like some magic like lever you pull and then all of a sudden DJ is going to catch seven balls a game. Um, I think it's just, you know, better performance, uh, better execution by everybody. 
And I think it starts with the quarterback a lot of times. All right, guys, let's come back. Uh, one final segment ahead. We'll uh, take a look, one final look at the Titans-Jaguars matchup coming up in week 14. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network. Hi, I'm Tito Beveridge, founder and master distiller at Tito's Handmade Vodka. In 1997, we became the first micro distillery in the state of Texas, and we're still making the same smooth stuff after all these years. We're still cooking in a pot still, working with our dogs by our sides, having fun and tasting batches, and I'm still wearing the same hat even after all these years. Head over to titosvodka.com to learn more about what else we're doing the same. Cheers. 80 proof Tito's Handmade Vodka, distilled and bottled in Austin, Texas. titosvodka.com. Why live with foot or ankle pain? If you have persistent pain, numbness, tingling, burning pain on the bottom of your foot, or swelling that doesn't improve with home treatment, it may be time to see Jacksonville Orthopedic Institute. Our foot and ankle specialists have innovative new options to help you get back in the swing of things without persistent pain that slows you down. Call JOI 2000 or go to joionline.net for an appointment. The wait for the holidays is over, America. It's time to make some joy. And we're here to help with the Ford Built for the Holidays sales event. We're offering the best deals of the season across the Ford lineup, so you can road trip with the whole family comfortably in a Ford Expedition. Bring home a tree that's bigger than you ever have with a Built Ford Tough F-150. And find new ways to make the holidays bright this year when you visit your local Ford dealer. The joy is up to you, America, so let's get to it. Ford, built for the holidays. Like working outdoors and want better pay and benefits? Superior Fence and Rail is seeking full-time fence installers with pay ranging from $16 to $25 an hour and more with commercial experience. Superior Fence and Rail will train you to work with their professional team and provide you with all the tools you need to be a top-notch installer. Get off the fence. Call Superior Fence and Rail today and start your career. SuperiorFenceAndRail.com Jaguars fans, whether it's on the field or in your finances, the key to success is a solid plan. From high-yield banking to home lending, into retirement and beyond, TIAA Bank offers solutions that can help you achieve your goals and make the most of your money. It's time for a plan. Start building your legacy today at TIAABank.com slash Jaguars. TIAA Bank is a division of TIAA, FSB, member FDIC, equal housing lender and the official bank of the Jacksonville Jaguars. Hi folks, Frank Frangie here for the best barbecue in town. That's Bono's. And now it's the official barbecue of the Jacksonville Jaguars. All season long, you can get Bono's barbecue at six different locations in Everbank Field. You also get Bono's barbecue at 15 locations all around town with fast, friendly service, clean family restaurants, and that great, great taste of Bono's barbecue. If you want great barbecue, you want Bono's. And remember this, if there ain't a pit, it ain't legit. That's Bono's.
Welcome back, Jaguars Happy Hour. J.P. Shadrick, Jeff Lagerman, Tony Baselli. The Doug Marone Show coming up in a little less than 15 minutes, the top of the hour on the Jaguars radio network. We'll hear from head coach Doug Marone from his office at TIAA Bank Field. Uh, we touched on this earlier, Tony, before you joined us, but the Titans' offensive line is not quite the offensive line that we have grown accustomed to over the years in Nashville. Well, they have all kinds of injuries. They lost, you know, they lost Conklin in free agency, so that that's not an injury. But they lost him. They drafted a guy, uh, Isaiah Wilson, in the first uh, round to be the starter. He hasn't been, he hasn't done anything. He had, I think, a DUI. He's had co- multiple COVID issues, which is obviously not his fault. You know, ended up on the list. Um, had some suspension last week that is, you know, for breaking some rule, and now he's put on the non-football injury uh, illness list. So. Like so, you lose that. So now you're playing a backup in Kelly at your right tackle position. They got a second year player who was okay last year at right guard. Um, the center's decent. Um, Saffle, I think, is a good player. And then you lose your your you know all pro or at least Pro Bowl caliber left tackle. So they've had all kinds of injuries, and because of it, they're not the same group yet. They still average over twenty four nine points a game offensively. So um, while the offense line is not living up to what it was last year and in the past, where they were pretty physically dominating, still doing enough to uh, score a bunch of points every week. Yeah, the uh, uh, Isaiah Wilson is now on the reserve non football illness list. So yeah, he hasn't done yeah. some good that things obviously on, on that list. Yeah, not the list you want to be on there. And uh, so the Jags' defense has a task ahead of them this week against this Titans offense. JP, here's the thing, too. Yes. Sorry to interrupt you, but here's the amazing thing, Logs, JP. All the injuries, all that you talk about, I just said they're scoring, I think, the third in the NFL in in scoring offense. And they have one of the top rushers in the NFL in Derrick Henry with a, like, mash unit in front of them. They got Ty Sombrello playing left tackle who was a former second round pick for the Broncos who got cut and bounced around and ended up there and was really what if you think about it he's really their fourth tackle going into camp because Dennis Kelly is, is the swing guy if Isaiah Wilson the first rounder does what they expect him to do to be the starter and so I give him credit you know give Arthur Smith and, and that offensive staff a bunch of credit because they're still functioning pretty well uh, in both the pass and the run with a, a group that you know they weren't they did not uh, Imagine this would be the five guys they'd be playing with. Well, Sam Brelo, no. Tony, ended up on injured reserve and oh, starting right. left You're tackle right. last week was Quesenberry, who was a former Texan, also spent time with Tennessee. So and he's, got a can- and he's, a, he's a cancer survivor. That was his first start, yeah. I, I believe. I forgot all about that, Logs. Thank second. you for correcting me. Yeah, it was his, it was his sec- second, second start, uh, non-Hodgkin's lymphoma. That's right. Great story, but I'm, I'm not sure what that's what they planned at the beginning of the year. No, and, and no, trying to block uh, Miles Garrett is not an easy task. He, he struggled to say the least. Well, listen, you, you put you so, put uh, you put an All Pro out there, you know, or a Pro Bowl Cobb, or trust me, it would have been a great matchup. Um, you know, if they had their front line, but it's still not. I don't care who you are in this league. Blocking Miles Garrett um, is not easy. And, uh, you know, he uh, one of the better players in the NFL. All right, guys. So 
four games to go. It's an 11-game losing skid now, and a few of the, the, the last stretch here have been relatively close. The Jags just haven't been able to finish and get that elusive W. So, you know, what's left this year? You can wreck some other teams' playoff chances, Tony, if you can go get a W or two down the stretch here and rally the troops. That's what's left. Yeah, you just want to... Yeah, that's all to left. I mean, you just want to win. I mean, as a player, you're working hard. You're working all week. As coaching staff, you're spending, you're burning the midnight, you know, you know, the midnight hours of trying to get ready and prepare your guys. And so everyone's working hard. And when you lose, there's no payoff. And so, yeah, I'm not sure you think about, hey, let's ruin someone's playoff uh, chances. It's a nice storyline. You just want to win. Like, losing stinks. It is awful. Like, in all the hard work, you don't get that payoff. And my concern, and we said it last week, and it didn't happen. I'm worried about like the the damned burst, where you see like just the injuries and the young players and the wear and tear of this team, and not having a ton of talent or difference makers as well. When does that catch up? Because it hasn't yet. And the reason it hasn't is because these guys play so hard. And you got to give Doug and the uh, staff credit. You got to give the players credit because they do play hard every week. And when you play hard in the NFL you're going to stay in games. But, boy, Jeff, you and I talked about it in the pregame. When's the damn break and you have one of those weeks where just everything adds up and it just goes the wrong way? Yeah, and right now it hasn't broke. So that's amazing. I mean, I I think the players deserve a lot of credit, like you said. The coaches deserve credit because they're coming out and they're fighting their butts off. And it's easy to not. And so, look – if this team comes out and fights like crazy against Tennessee, kudos to them. And I hope that they get a win because you know what? The reality is, is that even though it's short-lived, as far as the enjoyment of winning in the National Football League, at least you get some enjoyment in a year that's just been absolutely painful. When I say painful, from the standpoint of there's been so many challenges this year with COVID and the way things have been going as far as the way you got to conduct your business, you almost feel like that this team should deserves to have some positive feeling because they've worked hard and they fought hard. It seems like almost every game. I mean, the only game that hasn't been competitive for the most part has been the Pittsburgh Steelers game. But you go back and you look at the, the past number of five, six, seven games, this team has been in it and they've had opportunities to darn near win every game. Yeah. And I, and I think There's guys, this- and I don't know if it's going to be this week, um, but I, I really believe this team's going to win again this year if they keep on playing as hard as they do. It's just how, in my opinion, the NFL works. If you play hard and you compete every week, you're going. the ball's going to bounce your way sooner or later. And um, hopefully it's this week, but I really do think, and, I, and I'll just echo what Jeff said, kudos to the guys, kudos to the coaches, and I just hope they continue to find, hopefully enough guys to continue, they don't keep on having these injuries. Um, but guys, keep on showing up the way they are because they will win a game if they keep doing this week in and week out. Yeah, this is um, – I think the Jaguars have had the most players to play a snap in a game in the NFL this year. I think 77 different players have played this year. I mean, it's the most in the league. And that tells you what this team has gone through, the turnover, the attrition, and everything. So, you're, I mean, you're literally signing guys – on Tuesday and making sure they pass COVID showing up on Friday or Saturday and playing on Sunday. That's how it's been a few times this year. And to, to keep everything together uh, for what it's been has been pretty remarkable so far. And there have been some good storylines. Some of these young guys are 
improving as this year goes along, right? I mean, especially we talked about it earlier, uh, Jeff, but Tony on the defensive line, some of those guys are starting to play a little bit better as the year goes on. We've seen the improvement of a guy like Colin Johnson step in and, and get an opportunity later in the year, and he stepped up and played well. James Robinson just continues to grow. So there are some positives. I know it's 1-11. and 11. It's 11 straight losses. That's what the wins and losses are the, the ultimate uh, thing you look at, but there are some things, you know, very few things you can hang your hat on and say that are getting better around here. I'm, I'm cautious when I say that, but no, but JP, you're right. I mean, listen, all the, I mean, the fans care about and what everyone, everyone cares about at the end of the day is wins and losses. And boy, we're on the wrong side of that ledger right now. But if you look at, let's take it a step below and look at the young, some of the young players, what they've been put into and what they, how they've developed. James Robinson, we don't need to talk about him. I mean, he's one of the better running backs in the AFC and the, the NFL. Um, but I'll just call one guy out. You already talked about Colin Johnson. Doug Coston, an undrafted rookie free agent from Miami of Ohio. And he has come in and has won and earned a starting job, beating out a, a pass first rounder, Taven Bryant. And not just because there's no one else, and maybe if there there isn't anybody else, but if you watch them, they've gotten better as a defense and a run defense with him playing that three technique. And that's impressive. And guess what? I believe he's a guy that he's going to come back into camp next year. I'm not saying he's the starter, but, boy, he's a rotation guy that you feel good about putting in the game, and he's shown that he has the ability to compete at this level. That's a win. I mean, that's a good stuff right there. And guys like Doug Costin are, are developing, and uh, that's – a little bit of good news. You got to hang your hat on something, don't you? Right. Oh, it's good news, but at the same token, it's kind of bad news in that you now have a first-round pick who's a, a bubble guy, and that's well, what's that's been hurting this football team for many years. <laughs> is that you? You're you're missing, and uh, no, you Jeff, got a first-round pick who right now doesn't even deserve a, a second look at another contract. That's a problem. I agree with you 100%. I was trying to be positive as we end this um, before you go to the coach. <laughs> I agree with you 100%. <laughs> yeah, we're trying to, to finish on the upslope here. That's okay. We're, uh, we're, we're wrapping up. The, uh, Sorry, guys. Titans. Yeah, thanks, Logs. Uh, happy holidays to you as well. Uh, so the uh, the Jags and the Titans come up week 14, second time around. I mean, obviously, guys, these or these teams have gone in totally different directions since week two. Um, you know, it was the first loss for the Jaguars. They haven't won since then. The Titans are in first place. Uh, Tony, quickly, are the Titans uh, sustainable? Can they go win this thing, the division? No, I don't think so. Oh, the division, yeah, I think they can. Um, I don't think – I mean, their defense is so bad. They can't get off the field. They can't rush the passer. Um, they're really not good anywhere on the defense, if you really look at it. And I just don't think it's sustainable in the playoffs. They, they have a good offense. They have good skill players. Obviously, Derrick Henry, um, good run game. But I just think they're not good enough defensively to make a deep run in the playoffs. Logs thinks it's going to be a tight game. What do you think, Bo? I do, too, because they, they show, this team shows up. Jacksonville shows up. They play hard. They play physical. Um, I think, you know, they're going to give Tennessee all they want. I like it. Uh, tight ball game. See if the Jags can finish it this week against the Tennessee Titans. And, Bo, we will talk to you on Sunday in Week 14. Looking forward to it, guys. Tell, uh, tell Doug I said hello. I think you just did.
He listens to the last segment usually every week from his office at TIAA Bankfield. Tony Maselli out of here. Pride of the Jaguars left tackle joining us each week. All right, Logs, final thoughts here. Uh, it's a long losing skid, a division rival coming in in first place that you know very well, and uh, it's a matchup that uh, you think is going to be pretty tight. Yeah, I, I do. I think it's, I think it's going to be a tight ball game. I think the Jaguars have done a pretty good job against some of the running backs that they faced. Cleveland, they kind of held them down for a while. And then obviously with Dalvin Cook, I thought they did a pretty good job against him. He had to have a lot of touches to get where he was at. And this week's a big challenge with Derrick Henry. And Cleveland Browns did a good job stopping him. So the Jaguars can hopefully do a good job stopping him as well. All right, stick around. Uh, network coverage starts next with the Doug Marone Show. The Jaguars head coach joins us from his office at TIAA Bank Field. Our thanks to Tony Baseldi and for our entire crew, and Jeff Lagerman, I'm J.P. Shadrick. Thank you for listening and for watching. It's Jaguars Happy Hour on the Jaguars Digital Network.